mindfulness mode. Energy is being pulled down and pulled away from us when we are, you know, playing a character. We have a mask that we wear. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show. And I want you to imagine that Christmas is here. We're almost there anyway, but Christmas comes. There's this big mirror in the hall with ivy all around it. You walk by and you catch a glimpse of yourself and you're kind of startled because you're slim. You're no longer carrying around that excess weight. You feel light and you look incredible. That's because back in November, you made a commitment to make a change in your life. Well, Mindful Tribe, I made that same commitment last January and now I'm 35 pounds lighter, all because of hypnosis. Well, now I'm a trained hypnotist and I can make your life different by helping you lose the weight you've tried so hard to shed in the past, only this time it will stay off because through hypnosis, we change your mindset together. Now, I only have two openings available. Send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com with lighter body in the subject line. We'll work together. I'll help you lose the weight by Christmas and keep it off. So I hope to hear from you soon. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, are you trying to achieve something and the more you try, the more frustrated you get? Maybe you get a little depressed, you get discouraged, you wonder why things aren't moving forward the way they should be in your life, and you're just feeling like you're maybe a bit on a downward spiral, and what is going on, and why aren't these things happening? Well, today we're talking with a super performance expert. He's an emotional intelligence coach, but he's written a book that will maybe Make it clear to you what's happening in your life. It's pretty powerful. He just sent it to me a couple of days ago, and I, I'm thrilled to say that I was able to read, read the whole thing right away. This is Simon Lovell. Simon, it's great to have you with us. Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. Simon, are you in Mindfulness Mode today? I am definitely in Mindfulness Mode. I make sure that before I do anything in my work day, I've already brought myself into a place where... I'm in a higher vibration, I'm in a different energy so that I can make sure when I'm on calls or interviews that uh, I'm at my best. Well, it was fascinating reading your book. You have had a very fascinating life, some real ups and downs, and and uh, it's just quite fascinating not only learning about your life, but you made it very clear about how we can dig deeper into our own lives and do the work and move forward. So before we talk about those specifics, what does mindfulness mean to you, Simon? Uh, Mindfulness means to me just being um, aware of bringing ourselves back home to ourselves, connecting with our body, you know? So um, I (laughs) I call it the universal slap, the reminder of the universe that we need to bring ourselves back to ourselves. Now, your book is called The Black Ball. Does anybody else have a secret? And I thought, well, that's interesting. Does anybody else have a secret? You know, and as I read the book, of course, it became clear why you put that on your cover. But let's talk about this book and how you came to the point of writing it. 
Well, I, like you said, I've been through a, a bit of a journey and um, I always wanted to be successful. You know, when I was a kid, I, I can remember working on and playing on video games and writing magazines and stuff. And I always, for some reason, I had this uh, idea in my head. I wanted to be a millionaire and I wanted to, you know, supercar and I wanted the big house. And so um, in growing up, you know, I started to move towards that. And I went through a lot of bullying when I was at school. And through that bullying, I started to isolate myself. And through that isolation, I really then just got to this place where I started to get involved in my later years in addictions. And I hadn't connected at the time that the opposite of addiction is connection. And so when we're addicted to something, we're actually needing to become connected. And so I went through, you know, in my teens and, you know, up, up, up until like, you know, the age of 30, just, you know, my pattern was, uh, was alcohol, uh, smoking, drugs, and then gambling. That was my weekend sequence. And so I was in this very unaware stage of my life. And it just, I got to this breaking point. It was in 2010 and I was meant to be at my sister's house for Christmas lunch. It was in the morning. I'd been taking drugs the night before. And I looked into the mirror, there was sweat dripping down my face and I was just like super anxious. Anyway, I got, I got to my sister's house and um, I walked upstairs. I got into my nephew's bed, Thomas the Tank Engine play sheets. Everyone was downstairs and I was just exhausted. Anyway, I left that day kind of ashamed of myself. And, but it was that kind of point of turn you know, mm-hmm. like I think we all have those times in our life where we have like a turning point. Yes. The turning point where it's something shifts. And that was that moment for me. And so then I just started to get my life back together. I started to hire mentors and I built my company and I had that drive. The trouble was, was that my drive to be successful came from an underlying unhealthy kind of screw, screw you to the bullies type of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I moved from the UK to the States, I built a multi-million dollar company. But every time I was building, I was shooting for like material things, you know, things, it's called extrinsic drivers. It was the car, it was the house. It was anything to make myself feel loved, right, Mm -hmm. from others. It was the external motivation. And at the time, I I wasn't realizing that this was happening. So it got to the point in 2018 where I got everything that that I kind of wanted. I had the big house. I had a 1.5 acre property in California. I had a Ferrari outside. I just, I acquired all this stuff. And then someone invited me to a connection games event in a place called Encinitas here in California. Cause I was, I was in a real turmoil in my business. And I was asking this question, which was, where am I leading people to? Mm-hmm. Like, if I've got all of these things and if, if I've reached, you know, this quote unquote success, then where am I actually leading people to if I'm not actually fulfilled and I'm not really happy? So I went to this home and um, during this night of connection games, uh, you know, you would sit opposite someone and you would say something like, you know, uh, in being here, on mindfulness mode. I really appreciate that you wanted to have me on and I feel in my heart, I feel very grateful. And then you would say whatever you feel right about that. And so you go back and forth, you go from basically having surface level conversations to deeper level of conversation. And, um, 
and we played the games. The games went on for like, you know, an hour or so. Mm -hmm. And then there was this game called Anybody Else. And in this game, you get into a circle and you step into the circle and you say something like, you know, I, I feel isolated and I sabotage relationships. And then anyone else who feels the same way steps into the circle because a big part of us feeling isolated and lonely and sad and depressed and anxious is that we think that we're the only person going through the issue, mm -hmm. right? Like we put ourselves in a mental box. And so someone stepped into the circle and they said something and it resonated with me. But I felt frozen. I couldn't step into the circle. Now, by this time, I'd invested over $250,000 in personal growth. And so I was very self-aware. And I was like, why can't I step in? What this, this person, this man had stepped in and been vulnerable. And, and I was frustrated, A, because I wanted to step in for me. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted to step in for him. But I couldn't do it. And my body was frozen. And I was like, this is really interesting. I just can't do it. So anyway, the night went on and I, at the time I told my roommate at the time that I, there was a thing I couldn't step in for. And then we went to play the final game, which was called Hot Seat. And in this game, you can ask anyone questions, mild, medium or spicy questions. And on the way over to the sofa to play this game, there was a black ball on the floor. It was actually a juggling ball, just the size of a grapefruit. Mm -hmm. So I picked it up and for anyone who has like anxious habits, then you will pick your fingers, you will twirl your hair, you will pick something on your face or you will do like there's an action for when we're thinking about something, there's an action that we take. Right. So um, I was juggling this ball. This ball was this energy outlet for me because of my mind is like racing right now. Like I'm thinking like, why can't I talk about is this my window of opportunity tonight to talk about this? Am I going to leave? Am I going to leave? And and you know, not have this chance to be able to like share this thing. And I was getting like super like, you know, anxious about this. So anyway, someone sits, sits up and goes, goes to the hot seat. And then it was my turn and my heart's pounding. Like my heart is just going, do -dum, do -dum, do -dum. And, uh, and I sit in the, in the hot seat, so to speak. And just everything slowed down. You know, everything became really, present and the person my roommate who i told i now i'd not told her what i what the thing was i didn't step in for but i just said that i didn't step in she said simon what was it that you didn't step in for and i was thinking to myself <laughs> thank you yeah really. thank you but no thank you yeah she's like right in the gut you know because yeah. she knows me you know yeah. she knows me and she knows you know that she's going to take me to the edge yeah so there here i am with this black ball in my hand and my heart's pounding and i said you know when i was young you know when i was you know six or seven years old or i had a i kind of made out with a guy hmm I had an experience with another with another boy, and this black ball launched itself from my hands, and it launched itself onto the floor. Like it was a, sh it wasn't like me throwing it. It was just like a literal energetic, like a jolt, like a lightning bolt from the universe hit me, and then boom. And then everyone in the room was like present with this ball, mm -hmm. and and then like you could have asked me anything in that moment you know, and I let go and I felt this like weight release because I've been holding on to this thing. Um, 
anyway, it turns out this, this whole, this was just the start of a journey that this, you know, that this had. And then more and more people started to share these black ball stories with me and they would go through these massive transformations, you know? So that was the short version of the story. Yeah. And in the book, you tell it with such a great storytelling ability. I mean, you did here too, but you know, to read the book, I literally couldn't put it down. It was just, it was so captivating because you were being so vulnerable and you were, you were telling your thoughts and your feelings as you moved through that. And what kind of a change did this make in your life then, Simon, as a result of sharing this and being vulnerable? Well, after a series of events where, you know, I made a conscious decision to move out of the house and let go of the car, I, I truly believe in my heart that it was that moment of the release that uh, I think it was like a, a week or two weeks later, you know, I went through like a massive spiritual awakening, you know, which I captured on, you know, Facebook. And I'd been through a lot of spiritual experiences. You know, I'd been done ayahuasca ceremonies. I'd worked with like energy workers linked to Tony Robbins. Like, you know, I, I've done a lot of stuff, but this moment of awakening was nothing like I'd ever experienced. Like my whole body was shuddering to a level that I just couldn't, you know, comprehend. And after that moment, my life was just very different. Like I didn't compare myself to other people. Like I just felt like a, a, like a settling into my body. You know, people talk about, you know, feeling peace. You know, I just felt different and you know after that time it took me a lot of time to recalibrate to to life again because i'd wrapped up so much in my identity in things Mm -hmm. basically you know like external drivers seeking validation you know and so it stripped away that it was like you know i i know people use the word ego death um you know kind of like that honestly but it was like, a, a, I talk about the true self, you know, there's a great book called The Five Regrets of the Dying. And then one of the regrets is, um, I wish I lived a life true to myself. Well, it felt like I came home to me. That's how it felt. Wow, it was it was very powerful. And, uh, but it seemed like you were able to spring back, like from, from uh, what I learned in the book about you, that you have this incredible ability to spring back from whatever it is that is your challenge in life. Has that always been the way for you? Um, I have never really for a great period of time done something that I've not wanted to do. So for example, if I've had a business and it it fell off, I would let go of it. You know, I am someone who doesn't um, continue something for too long. And I think that the more that we grow, the more that we spiritually evolve, actually what happens is, is that we start to shortcut that process. Like if we're in a relationship, then we'll, 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 you know, speak up to us for ourselves faster. Or if you're in a business relationship, then you will let go of it uh, quicker. So I think as we grow, as we evolve, we don't tolerate things for as long. Why? Because we get more sensitive, like our body gets more in tune. And the more that you get in tune with yourself and you connect with yourself, you will start to notice the differences of when things feel right and when things don't. When you're unaware and you're in that unaware stage of your life and you've got for the fogginess or you, you're drinking a lot and you're taking drugs like I was, you don't know the difference because that's your world. Right. You know? Yeah. So the more that you close your eyes, the more that you meditate, the more that you get into your mindfulness mode, the more that you actually start to become attuned and connected and then that becomes your compass why because your body 
like I said earlier, the universal slap. Your body is very intelligent. Your body keeps the score. Another great book. Um, and um, and so yeah, so my body's signaling to me: Do I turn left? Do I turn right? What do I do here? So you had that one and a half acre property, and you had a lot of events there. Can you tell some stories about those events and what you learned from them? So I work with CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners. So at the time I was running a company helping personal trainers. So people would come to the house and we would have an event called Spiritual Hustle, for example, and people would come here and start to learn to meditate. Uh, but I also would also mentor people. You know, I would have breakthroughs sat in a chair outside by the swimming pool, <laughs> you know, with people who would come to me um, and just using my intuition, I would create, you know, big breakthroughs for them. Um, you know, for example, I can remember one time I was sat uh, in, a, in a chair with someone and a lady who is very overweight was sat in a chair and she wanted to be in, you know, work in fitness and nutrition. And then she was talking to me and she started to talk about, you know, the fact that she had a food addiction and then something intuitively uh, kicked in with me and said, you know, it's a story. And then she got really frustrated with me, right? Denial. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we broke through that. And then three months later, she's in the best shape of her life because I was able to, uh, to break a pattern for her. So the event, it was, it was called the True Transformation Ranch. And, and I, I mean, I loved it for the events, but when it came to actually what Simon wanted, like what my heart wanted, like it just wasn't me, you know? It just wasn't actually... Um, what I needed. And I think the ego does a good job of, of spending a lot of money. You know, there's what we need and require. And then there's what we desire that is just, you know, like material success or you're, you're feeling down. So you spend money because you're emotional, you know? So, um, it, it served its purpose purpose for the length of time that we were there. And so what do you do now? You don't have the property. So do you st still do live events? I know it's COVID right now, so I'm sure you're not doing them right now, but tell us what your life looks like now. So, um, I live in Del Mar. I mean, I live in a beautiful property, just, you know, a couple of blocks from, from the ocean. It's just not as elaborate mm -hmm. <laughs> as what I had before. Um, but I now basically help CEOs, entrepreneurs, founders, um, leaders get into the best place so that they can then grow their business. And I have a program called the super high performance formula. And, um, you know, the way it's different, and I think it's just good to share about how this actually works mm -hmm. is in order to, in order to create transformation, we actually need consistency and depth, mm -hmm. right? So we, we find it a big struggle to actually hold ourselves accountable. So what I do for 42 days is I hold people accountable to be their very best self through six different stages. In fact, one of them is called the Black Bull Games, and that's actually in stage two, where people start to let go. And then what I find through the consistency and also the consequence, which is if you don't take the actions every single day, then there's a pot potential that you can actually be exited out of the program. <laughs> then it creates a discipline of self. And in order to actually grow a business to the next level, we have to become disciplined with self, right? Our own self-care right? Letting go of the things holding us back. Because if, if, if I'm, for example, to work with, you know, I work with CEOs with 200 employees, for example, if I just pile on something new to that person, it's going to create overwhelm. So what I do is I strip things back so that someone can move to the next level. And I use the phrase, a balloon cannot rise if there are weights holding it down. Mm. So what I do is I cut off the weights and I energetically shift the things that are holding people 
back. For example, I work with a very, you know, successful lawyer mm -hmm. and he had 30 years of anger. Now, how does that impact a business? Well, it impacts a business because if you're angry most of the time, you're going to react to your clients. If you are angry in, 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 and you've got something unresolved within, then you're going to take that into your personal relationships. And it was actually impacting his relationship with his wife and his children. And so that's very frustrating for someone that doesn't know how to deal with that and how to resolve that and how to complete that. So we're either, we're either aware of something and we're not doing something about it and it's not being completed, which is why we're in pain, or we are unaware of what the problem is and therefore that becomes very frustrating. In his case, he was unaware that the reason why he had a lot of suppressed, well now expressed anger that was suppressed in the subconscious was because his father left when he was young and he had not completed the process of feeling resolved in his body. So I go in, I go into the quantum field, I get into that energetic system, I resolve that, and now he doesn't have that anger. He doesn't have that energetical charge, which now means he can now go about, especially during COVID, right, go and become unstoppable, unshakable, and actually start to create momentum because it frees up energy. And in order to get to the next level in business, you have to have energy. And so if you've got anger or anything that's unresolved that's dragging you down, then you're going to compensate. And you might numb yourself like I did with, uh, with, with, with alcohol or drugs or whatever it is. It might be porn. It might be whatever the thing is, right? It's to take our mind away from ourselves. And so the process of actually completion is very important from a spiritual perspective, right, of actually completing the things that are incomplete, difficult conversations, resolving, you know, past relationships, dealing with all, all of those things. And then the actual process of going deep into meditation, right, and actually going into that place where we're actually starting to resolve things and, and actually use meditation as a creativity tool um, is uh, very important for our own growth, our own happiness, fulfillment, because I'm really teaching this from a place of, hey, listen, I know that you have a business. I know that you want to make money, right? I know that you want all of these things, but we need to also have you being feeling good and feeling fulfilled at the same time. Right. Your website is simonlovell.com, S-I-M-O-N-L-O-V-E-L-L.com. Check that out, Mindful Tribe. And the book, The Black Ball, very powerful. Now, it's not a long, involved read. It's a very quick, easy read, but wow, it'll make a difference in your life. And I, I noticed at the front of the book, you included a quote, and I just want you to comment on this. It, it's this, depressed is the need for deep rest from the character that we've been playing in the world. That's from Jeff Foster. Comment on that, on that quote, if you would, Simon. Yeah, so energy is being pulled down and pulled away from us when we are, you know, playing a character. We have a mask that we wear, and that's to protect ourselves a lot of the time. Sometimes it can actually be powerful when we, for example, bring in someone that we want to model in the world, and then we can actually use positive energy. But for me, you know, what was happening on the outside was not reflective of actually what was happening behind the scenes, and so there was a lack of authenticity and so for me, that quote represents a big part of my journey, which is actually really starting to become authentic and speak about what is actually real versus actually hiding it because we're trying to protect ourselves. And the reason why we try to protect ourselves is because we fear loss most of the time. 
I'm not going to share who I am because I fear I'm going to lose somebody. If I share who I really am out on social media, then clients won't want to hire me. If we continue to live an inauthentic life, right, what we're going to continue to do is be pulled down energetically and then we're not going to know who we are. We're going to become very confused. So the more that we can start to actually own and take ownership of the parts of our life that we've, you know, split off from, then we can actually bring that energy back into ourselves. And then that new level of energy is creation. That new level of energy is powerful. That's called authentic power. Authentic power is so important. But if we continue to live a lie, then we're just basically living the life as a people pleaser. Simon, what does, what does meditation look like for you in your life personally? So as I mentioned before, consistency and depth. So um, a lot of people ask me, well, give me a meditation technique. Well, in my program, I'm giving people a lot of different techniques, but the key is to get them to their first hour within a six-week period. And so for me, I go into depth. I'm meditating typically, you know, maybe one or two hours a day. And I'm, you know, meditating for at least 45 minutes. So today's, it was a 45 minute session and I'm using that for different things. Sometimes I'm going to use it, like I said, for creativity, for a business idea. In fact, the, the book, the black ball came from, I think an hour meditation, you know, some of my business ideas that have generated me millions of dollars have come from meditation. So for me, it's about streaks, which is consistency and creating that discipline and then also going deeper and really going down to that next level of consciousness instead of using meditation as a tool because I feel off, which is why a lot of people meditate. Oh, I don't feel good, so I'm going to use meditation to come back to a place of feeling good. Well, that's just the, the beginning. If you actually meditate when you're feeling good, you will shift into a whole new vibration because if you just meditate when you're feeling stressed and then you come to feel normal again, you've basically reached the normal line. Right. <laughs> and, our, and our goal is to go beyond the normal line. Right, right. You mentioned being bullied as a kid, I know you were bullied quite a bit. You talked about it in your book. Can you share with our listeners your story of being bullied and how mindfulness can help people who are being bullied? Yeah. So one of my first bullying events, which actually came to me after I published the book, was when I was about six years old and it was actually through a teacher at school. So at school, and I, I want the listeners to imagine the, a, a room, a room of children and a room of uh, a classroom. Mm -hmm. And in this room, there are, say, 20 kids. And the energy of that room is green. So green being positive. Mm -hmm. So imagine then if you're six years old and you're, you're in this room and you're playing and you're talking about the Simpsons and you're, you know, you're, you're playful. And then a teacher who's very angry for whatever reason, of course, I don't understand that six or five or six years old, why this teacher's angry. He comes into the room and he says, wipe that smile off your face, Lovell, and then sends me in a room and shames me in front of the other kid to go and watch the wallpaper fall off the wall. Well, at a key developmental age of that age, what am I doing in that room as I sit in that room, multiple times, by the way, from this teacher, I'm, th I'm now creating a story of you're not good enough. What's wrong with you? You're bad. Now, when it comes to our present life, that interruption of energy from green to red when I'm being shamed by the teacher, it's called hyper arousal. And it's that hyper arousal that sends you into fight or flight. Now, if that doesn't get resolved, you will continue to live a life where, for example, when I'm 13 years old and I get bullied in a, in a, uh, in a shower room 
by a rugby kid. Mm-hmm. Well, now, now based on the event with Mr. Smith, where I was bullied by the teacher, do I now stand up to the bully in the shower room or do I cower? I cower. So the event with Mr. Smith now impacts the bullying when I'm 13. Now, moving through the timeline in my life, do I now stand up in a relationship? Uh, sorry, do I have a healthy relationship or do I have a codependent relationship? I have a codependent relationship. Now, when I try and build a business, is it easy or is it hard because I'm worried about what people think? So if we don't resolve the initial event from Mr. Smith energetically and get into that energy system and resolve it, it's like stripping off all of the pearls to make them green versus red. So bullying is trauma. Okay. The word trauma is so most of, most of us are living trauma. We're living as children in an adult's body. Mm. And the trigger that we get when we are triggered is from the, is from the inner child. That's not healed. It's not the adult. Right. So it's very important to understand and identify, have I had trauma, i.e. an energetical event that's not being resolved? And if I don't resolve that, what is the continued impact on my relationships, on my ability to grow a business? It, this is what I'm dealing with all the time with uh, entrepreneurs who get blocked to get to the next level is because something from the past hasn't been resolved. So bullying pay, played a massive role in my evolution but also i look back at it and it was my pain became my purpose right i can use that for good you know so now obviously i have i'm very empathetic Mm -hmm. right it's a gift for me but also there's a side of me which is like very honest with people about actually what it takes to create transformation because creating transformation is is doesn't feel good the most of the time why because we're we're trying to avoid a feeling Anything that we want to do that we're not doing that's going to take us to the next level, we're not doing it because we're trying to avoid a feeling and the inner child is trying to avoid the feeling, right? So I, I know that so many people have been through bullying, you know? Yes. And what we need to do is we need to change our perspective on why that bully bullied. Instead of actually saying to ourselves, it was about me, mm-hmm. looking at the bully and saying, it was the bully that had something missing from their heart and that's why they needed to put us down to make themselves feel better. Now we can understand that conceptually with the conscious mind, but if the subconscious mind doesn't actually get it and it's not being resolved, then we will continue to live a life where the bully still wins. You talk about super glue in your book, emotional super glue. Mm. Tell us about that. Well, emotional intelligence is critical to success and getting to the next level. And I also talk about energetic intelligence, right? So we need to start to understand ourselves at a much deeper level when it comes to our emotions, right? Emotional intelligence is about getting in tune with yourself so that you understand how that plays into how you react and show up in the world. It's also understanding other people's emotions so that you can understand how to to deal with other people, right? So the more that we start to integrate, which is about the, you know, the emotional superglue and the emotional intelligence, the more that we start to integrate, the more that we start to feel happier. And it's all about energy. When we start to become more emotionally intelligent and more energetically intelligent, that shifts our energetic system. We become more self-aware. And of course, we know that self-awareness is spirituality, right? Yes. Uh, as we increase our self-awareness, 
we free up energy to be able to go create and do things. And that's where we feel inspired and we feel happy. We feel happy and, 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 and inspired and we feel like we can do our best work when our energy is high. But most of us are running on a 10% battery. And then we, then we maybe get it to 20% and then we go back down, right? But if we don't understand what we're capable of energetically, we will always continue to live a mediocre life. And my job through the consistency and depth of what I hold people accountable to is to, to create what I call a separation. Like, for example, Bruce, I'm sure that where you are in your life right now and in your body, right, you probably think to yourself, well, maybe years ago, I didn't feel this way. And now I feel the best that I can be. And you also probably know that in a year's time, you will probably say the same thing, which is, oh my God, I couldn't believe that I felt that way, right? Yes. That's our evolution. Yes. That's our shift in energy. Right. So, you know, I'm just very aware that I have a whole next level of energy to go to, yes. you know, and I will sit here going, oh, that interview with Bruce, I thought that I felt great. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's quite a sensation. Yeah, it is. One of the things I loved about your book, Simon, was that not only did you tell incredible stories and you made it so real, but then you gave us tools to use. And you said in that book that one of the problems is, you know, a lot of people, you know, they read books, they read books, they listen to podcasts, they learn, 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 but they don't stop and do the work. And you provide that. You provide the tools. And at the end, you, you have five questions everyone needs to ask to find their black ball. Can you share maybe one of those questions with us? One of the really important questions that I ask myself a lot and also ask my clients and is in the book is around triggers. What are the triggers that bring up different emotions for you so that you can resolve them, right? And I talk about something called KEIs. Now in business, we have KPIs. We measure business, right, through KPIs and numbers. And I want the listeners to think about KEIs, key emotional indicators. Let's just say that you've, you've woken up and you've meditated and you're like, oh my God, I feel great today. When you're in that state of conscious awareness and you're in tune more with nature and the people around you and you're more sensory, I want you to notice the thing that drops your energy. I want you to notice the next thing that triggers you. Because it's in that awareness that we can then actually start to resolve that trigger and also potentially remove triggers. For example, it might be a social media post from an ex-partner, for example, right? It might be looking at a bank account, for example. And once we can start to become aware of our triggers, it's only then that we can start to then create this separation from that and actually start to observe it versus react to it. Right. Wow. Well, I just think doing the work is so important. And so I'm so glad you shared that with us. So what next? What are you working on now in your life? And what really excites you, Simon? I am dedicated to results and dedicated to um, helping my clients live the best life that they can live through my continued commitment to be the best person I can be. So I have one program, <laughs> I have one commitment to that. And um, I also, I'm most likely gonna work on a, on a fourth book because uh, The Black Ball was my third book. I'm gonna work on a fourth book around this concept of super high performance 
and how all of us can actually reach a whole new level of energy so that especially during this time when there's so much pain when there's so much suffering when in fact the world has been through a trauma and is still going through a trauma actually yes an interruption of energy is what covid was and is um is to bring awareness to what we're really capable of and also continuing to become aware of the black balls that we may create even after when we've dealt with some because the truth is for example if if i were to lie to you for some reason at some level in my nervous system i've just started to bring a black ball to life mm. you know so it's a continued journey and and you're right in the book i give tools because it's important it's it's not just important for me to share the story it's also important that people have a framework how do you actually start to release these black balls and then also the stories of other people right in the book that have actually done the work because there's actually i i talk about four different types of book reader you have the book reader that reads the book that doesn't do anything with the book and it stays on the shelf. Mm -hmm. You have the book reader that reads the book, but then doesn't take any action. But I don't write for book reader one and two. I re read for book reader number three and four, which is the person that reads the book and takes action. This is the person that you see at an event that comes up to you and said, you, your book changed my life. Well, that statement comes from an action, not a non-action. Yes. And then the other person, book reader number four, who, who reads a book, just like I do, and I read a book from an expert, and I'm like, if they know this, then I want to know more. And then they dive in and they go into the depths of actually what they're able to create. Maybe that's through an event or whatever. So it's important for us to identify with where we are in terms of our own education and learning and what we do from what we hear. Because your podcast, right, Mindfulness Mode, and sharing all this wisdom, if people just take one thing and they go, this is the action step that I'm going to take from listening today, then they will actually create a solid foundation. It's just like a table. You start to put those legs under the table and you start to build your confidence because you've taken the window of opportunity from what you learned. It wasn't just knowledge. And I think that first step mindful tribe is to get the book the black ball by simon level get that book and read it and do the exercise use the tools don't just read the book like we've been talking about do go to simonlevel.com s-i-m-o-n-l-o-v-e-l-l.com simon it's been a great honor to have you on the show thanks so much for being here on mindfulness mode thank you so much for having me my pleasure bye now Bye. Thanks for listening to Mindfulness Mode today. I always appreciate if you share the episode, leave us a review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. That's uh, always appreciated. And I want to give a shout out to our wonderful sponsor, the Cascade Hypnosis Center. And you can find them at CascadeHypnosisCenter.com. And, you know, maybe you have a business where you're coaching or helping other people or maybe you've always wanted to help other people you can become a hypnotist and you can do that through Erica at the Cascade Hypnosis Center they're absolutely amazing and I know that because I have studied to be a hypnotist under Erica Flint at the Cascade Hypnosis Center so I urge you to contact them look at their training it's top-notch they are phenomenal cascadehypnosiscenter.com and with that 
take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.